So what we've been doing is taking what Matthew wrote down of what Jesus taught and going through that and trying to help us to understand what Jesus meant by it because Jesus taught in parables. We'll see that in a moment. But what we've been doing each week, we've been taking those and walking through them. We have two more left, and so uh, then we'll be ready for Easter uh, as we celebrate the resurrection. So there's two left in Matthew for us to look at. But today, we're going to look in Matthew 22. We're going to pick up right where we left off last week on the red letters in a printed Bible of Jesus uh, the words that he spoke, the stories that he told uh, to help us to understand the kingdom of God. And today, uh, what we're going to look at is it revolves around a wedding. And uh, how many have ever gone to a wedding? Okay. Uh, how many have ever planned a wedding? Yeah, that, that's a whole new ball game, isn't it? And, and so you got to choose the venue. Uh, you got to choose a videographer and a photographer, and there, there's so much. I mean, my gosh. And, and, and to complicate things, there's Pinterest, you know? And so you get all these ideas of, you know, okay, we're not doing rice, we're not doing birdseed, we're not, that's all been done before. What's, some, what's something somebody, nobody's doing or somebody out, you know, wherever did, and maybe we could do that, and that'd be so different, that'd be so unique, and, all, and so there's just so much that goes into uh, doing a wedding, planning a wedding, and, and well, should be, I, I think, because, you know, a wedding is a big deal. Uh, two of us think so, and so, um, you know, I think it's a big deal. It's a big deal because this is two people saying, hey, I'm going to stick with you the rest of your life and my life, and, uh, and so I think it's a big deal. And so because it's a big deal, well, a lot goes into it, a lot of planning, a lot of preparations and things like that, and we're going to see that today in this story that Jesus tells. And so if you have a Bible, turn to Matthew 22. If you don't have a Bible, we're going to pull it up on the screen right where we left off last week, and here's what it says. Jesus spoke to them again in parables. So here's the next one. This, uh, Like, you know, uh, once upon a time, Jesus is telling the story, but he's telling it in a way that they would understand the natural part of it, and then he's going to have spiritual application for it. We'll bring that out in a moment. The kingdom of heaven. He said, you go right out the gate. He says, this is what the kingdom's like. So if you want to know how God runs his kingdom, what his kingdom's like, this is what it's like. It's like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come. But notice this, they refused to come. Then he sent some more servants and said, tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fatted cattle have been butchered and everything now is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But look at this, they paid no attention and went off, one to his field, another to his business, the rest seized his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. 
He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, the wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man who was not wearing wedding clothes. And he asked, how did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? And the man was speechless. So the king said, told the attendants, tie him hand and foot, Throw him outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth for the many are invited and few are chosen. I don't know about you, but I've never been to a wedding like that. <laughs> uh, there's some unusual weddings that happen these days. And so I Googled this week a few and just pulled up some pictures. Uh, here, that dress is sweet. Uh, Keiko, and that's underwater. Oh my gosh, that's intense. And, and look at the guests if it's a turtle. And then uh, look at all these guests. You, you got to have a ton of guests just to handle your dress, you know? I mean, you got to invite a lot of people, just get in there. And then I love this one. Look at the lower left corner. <laughs> I ain't having a part of this, right? You know, the king, talk about royal weddings. The king, Jesus says, is getting ready for a wedding. And so he's going to throw this banquet. And uh, uh, that's unusual to us because we're not used to this because normally it'd be up to the bride and her family should be getting the wedding together and uh, dinner together and paying for a lot of that stuff in most cases. That's normally a traditional thing for us. But in that day, uh, it was up to the groom because most weddings would happen at the groom's home. And, and so uh, the groom's family would get ready to entertain all the guests that would be coming to their house for the wedding of their son. And so that's exactly what's going on in this story. So there's four main characters in this story. And just like last week, there's, there were five different uh, aspects of the story, components of the story to break down. This week, there's four different components of this story that I want to break down for you so you can understand what Jesus is talking about. And the first couple, I'll, I'll go ahead and let you respond because I, I think you can handle these. Uh, who do you think might be the king in the story? God. Yeah, God is the king uh, of all, and, and so he's the king in the story. Now, who do you think then might be the son? Jesus, yeah, exactly. So Jesus, the son of the king, the son of God, is the son in the story. Now, you may not pick up on uh, who the servants were, uh, but they would have picked up on it in that day, and the servants were the prophets. It, it was the, the messengers of God who went out with the message to invite people in. 
And originally, they invited, the invited were Israel. You know, God said, you're my people. And I want you, I, I, I want to pull you to me. And I want to cover over you. And I want to provide for you. And my intent is, by being your God, that other nations will be jealous. Other nations will look at you and say, we want what they have. I mean, they, 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 whatever God they serve, he must be one awesome God. And, and so we want that, and we want him in our lives. And so they'll look at you and they'll say, oh, man, we, we're, we're done with these idols. We're done with all these false gods. We're done with all this. We want the one true living God. And that's what God wanted. But as we see in the story, they didn't quite follow through with that. And so there's a second group that gets invited. And that second group, <laughs> the king, and we'll come back around to this, he, he said, I don't care who you get. Just fill my house up. Just fill my house up. You get, the, you, you get whoever you can get, and you fill my house for this party that I'm about to throw. And so those second group of invited people happened to mean me and you. And they're glad he kept on inviting, right? So he kept, kept on inviting. So here's the point of the story. We've got four characters, four people. We've identified who those four are, right? Right, we got, we got that. And so we, we know who that is, but now there are four responses to the invitation. So we're going to look at what happens when opportunity knocks. When the opportunity comes and the invitation goes out, there's four responses that they give in this story. And today it works a little bit different. You know, we live in a day and age where uh, a lot of people do these evites. Anybody ever get an evite, you know? It's like, I'm not mailing you anything. You, you know, you just got to see this and respond to it. And it saves me a lot of money, you know? And, and then you, you just uh, respond, and then I know you got it. And, and so uh, a lot of times people get these things, and I think some of them work like this, uh, that, that you know who looked at it. And, and so you're, you're like, well, now that he looked at it, now it's been two days, why, didn't, why isn't he responding? Why isn't she telling me, you know, uh, that, that they're going to be here? And I'm, I'm prepping this. I'm getting on this already. And, and so I want to know if, if you're coming or not. And so it's very important how you respond. And so we're going to look at these four responses, if you're taking notes, you're maybe going to find yourself in one of these responses. The first group are the inattentive. These are the people who are not paying attention. It's like, hello, I'm throwing a party. And when the king throws a party, it's a party, right? It's a, it's a party. 
And, and so you, you want to get in on this. It, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be incredible and everything. And, and so, but the, these people are not paying attention. And it's like when you're getting up ready to have the blow up house thing, jumpy thing in your backyard, and you're going to blow it out for your, your little boy, your girl, or whatever, and you've sent the Evite out, and it's like, what is up? You're not responding. I need to know how much cake I got to buy. I got to know how much to prepare for and all this. So I, I need some responses. And, and, you know, look at all these people who have read my Evite and they're not responding. I mean, can you imagine if you had someone in your life that maybe outside of your parents, let's, let's just put the parents to the side and just say, there's somebody who's, who's done for you. He's helped you out. Uh, maybe it's a boss that, you know, hired you, uh, you went through some lean times of work, but they kept you on, and, and, you know, now that things are going better, they've been rewarding you, and they've kind of taken you under their wing, and maybe you've been, and then they're, they're going to have something, some big blowout thing, and they send out the Evite, and, all, and you just ignore it. I mean, wouldn't they think, well, that's rude. I mean, I, I've done a lot for this guy. I've done a lot for her. I've done a lot for them. You know, why are they not responding to this? And so that's the imagery here. The king has prepared. He's cooked. He's, he's made all these preparations. And it's like these people just don't even care. And I wonder if we were to put ourselves in the picture that Jesus is painting, I wonder if there could be some people here that God has prepared amazing things. God has done all he can do to, to bring you into salvation, to live your life to the full, and to have all he has for you, and to live your life with purpose and all, and he's invited you into it, and you've just been like ignoring it. It's like, you know, you're not saying no. It's kind of like last week when we talked about that story. You know, it's not like, well, I'm not telling God no. Yeah, but you're not accepting it either. And so to do that, it's kind of like saying no. Because it'd be like if your boss threw this party and you just ignored the invitation, how would he feel about that? And God has prepared so much for you and I to enjoy. We'll come back to that. But he's prepared so much, and yet there's this group of people who just seem like they, they don't care. But then there's another group, and that's the group of the preoccupied, right? This, this group, he talks about how they had business to do. He, he says they got the king's invitation, and it was like, well, maybe we'll come. But, you know, we got to make some money. Because I said I'd be a millionaire by now, and I'm not quite there. And, you know, I got I to gotta work some deals and everything, and I'm on my phone constantly and all. And, and then we got the kids busy with stuff and everything. So I'm just, uh, I am just stressed out. I'm, I'm busy. My, you should see my calendar. And, you know, one of these days, I think I'll get back to you. One of these days, I think I'll have time for that. One, one, of, one of these days, uh, I'm going to commit myself to this. And, and there's a thing in our culture called FOMO. 
Anybody familiar with that? FOMO. It's the fear of missing out. And, and when you have FOMO, here's what you do. You don't quickly respond when somebody invites you to something. Because here's what you say. I might find something better to do. And then I've already committed to that. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to drag my feet, and I'm not going to say anything in case somebody more important invites me over. In case somebody who, who's got a better deal, sweeter deal, you know, and, and, and so, so I, it's not that I don't want to come, it's not that I'm not interested or whatever, but, but, but I, I might find something better to do, and, and so here's what I'm going to do, and here's how this works in our life. Uh, you know, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to keep God as an option, you know, and, and, and so if I... You know, if I need him, I'm, I'm going to reach for him. If I, if I need him, I, I know where to go to find him. But in the meantime, man, I'm so busy. Wow. You know, I just, just, just so much, so much, so many important things right now. And Jesus had another comment about this that Matthew wrote down. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said this, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy or where thieves break in and steal. And how many know that can happen? You know, you can safeguard your stuff, but who can say, how many can say 2008? And, and, and the crash that happened. Or maybe 9-11, go back that far. And, and man, everything was up for grabs. Because sometimes I think we live in this country and we think, oh, you know, over there, they got issues and whatever. But I'm telling you, it can hit home. And everything you have, gone in a moment. And Jesus said so. So he says, here's what you ought to do. You ought to store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I can put treasure in heaven. I thought you can't take it with you. You know, I, I thought, you know, you, you can't get it there. And, and now you're saying, I can get it there. But Jesus said, that's a, that's a different kind of treasure that you put there. And that treasure, when you get before him, he says, I'm going to reward you for it. And on another occasion, Jesus said, if you've been faithful on the earth with a little, I'll put you over much when you get to heaven. So in other words, it's not all everybody floating on the same kind of cloud and whatever and, and stuff like that. There's going to be all this tear thing, and I, I, we'll talk about that some other time. But I'm just telling you, there's rewards that will come to those who are good with what they've got down here. And he's stored up in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. And so we have to accept the fact that, that some of us may need to reallocate this morning. Some of us may be a little too mindful of things that could be gone and not mindful enough of things that can never be taken away that will be and last forever. Now, there's a third group. The third group are these. They're the rejected. 
These are the people, now can you imagine this? The king has said, hey, hey, I want to invite you in. I'm going to do all this. I'm killing, I'm slaughtering, I'm preparing. It's a, it's a massive banquet. It's, it's amazing. It's going to be incredible. And they say, no. No. Not interested. Now, I don't know that anybody here that said no to the king, said no to God, I don't think anybody here has probably killed a prophet over it, like Jesus told in the story. And if you have, don't raise your hand, all right? Because that would make me totally uncomfortable if I was sitting anywhere near you right now. So don't do that. But, but in the story, uh, they, they killed these prophets, and, and they did. Even John the Baptist, who was reared with Jesus as a cousin of Jesus and was the forerunner of Jesus, who got things warmed up. He was like the warm-up band for Jesus to get people motivated and start hearing the story, repent, kingdom of God is coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And, and so he's preaching this message and all. They cut his head off. And, you know, sometimes we read these stories because I'm, I'm telling you, the people who heard this story, think about this. The disciples, the disciples, all of them except one uh, who was exiled, all of them, history records that they gave their life for Jesus. Many of them were beheaded or boiled alive or crucified or crucified upside down for him. And, and listen, friend, just so you understand, there are more people today dying for Jesus than ever. More than ever in the world. There are places in the world where, where churches are attacked. People come in to worship, and, and they come in and just slaughter the whole place. But the people are not putting their treasure on the earth, they're putting their treasure in another place, and they know this world is not my home. And so I, I come to worship. I may not leave, but I come anyway. I wonder how many be here today if you felt like that was the case. And so let, let's not get so far removed from martyrdom to not understand that more people are dying for Jesus today than ever. But, he, but here's the thing. In America, you, you may say, well, I haven't done all that and whatever. But how about anger that has you stiff-arming God? How about anger because God didn't answer your prayer the way you told him to? How about you, you said when you were 12, God, if you answer this prayer, I'll serve you the rest of my life. And God, let your grandma die. What kind of God does that? You know, you, you were in college, and you said, God, if, if, you'll, if you'll let me have her, or if, if I can have him, or whatever, then I'll serve you the rest of my life. And you walked away with a broken heart one day. And you said, what kind of God does that? 
Or you were in a financial situation that you couldn't overcome and the stress was about to drive you nuts and you cried to God. You, tears went down your face. You were sincere and you said, if you are there, I need you right now. And, and, and you implored him to come to your rescue. And instead, it was like he ignored you. You shook your fist. At, the, at him and said, I'll never believe you again. See, you, you had it all planned out, right? You said, God, here, here's what you need to do, and I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to help you, God. You know, I've got it all figured out. Here's A, B, C, D, E, F, G. You, you just follow the steps, God. And you were helping the Almighty out, right? You, you were going to help the Almighty out, the omniscient God. And, and you had a plan. And you said, now, God, here's what you got to do. All you got to do, God, come, come down here, is just follow the plan, God. Just bless my plan. And then I'll serve you the rest of my life. And God didn't take you up on your offer and now you're mad at God and see here's what I've learned about God he doesn't always follow my plan because his plan is bigger than my plan and his ways are bigger than my ways and I can't always figure out, I can't always see what he's doing, but what I do know is, is he's promised that he'll work all things together. Not right now, not in the next five minutes, but all things together for the good of those who love him and trust him and serve him. And when you do that, then you look back and you say, thank God he didn't answer that prayer. And so these, these folks here, they, they, they were so caught up in this and, and on, and he just keeps on, he just keeps on keeping on. And, and here's what this is like, is it's kind of like these cards that we've got today, where, where you can invite some people to church, right? And, and you can hand them out, and, and I was, this week, I was, uh, I was at the gym, and I got up on the treadmill that I selected, and uh, so I get up there, and I put my towel here, I put my iPhone here, and I put my BCAA's drink, come on somebody, you got to hydrate, and so I put that over here, and so I'm all getting all set, got to get everything, my earbuds are in, everything's ready to go, about to push go, and I feel a poke in my back, and I thought, it's that John Vondersar, I bet, you know, because he can't hardly leave the gym without telling me goodbye, and that's all right, and he's my friend, he attends his church, and, and all, everybody tell him I was preaching about him today, and so then, uh, so then uh, I, I thought, well, that's who it is, I spun around, it wasn't John, it was uh, my friend that I've been reaching out to and inviting to come to church. And uh, he said, hey, uh, we fist bumped, and, and uh, he said, um, I met somebody from your church this week. And I said, really? 
He said, yeah, I, and he sells things, and so he sold them something, and, and, and so they interacted, and, and he said, and, and so she was telling me she goes to Crossroads, and I said, Pastor Craig, and she said, yeah, and he said, I work out with him in the morning, and uh, she said, oh, that's cool. She says, I'm telling you, I love my church. I've been to other churches before, but I'm telling you, my church, I love Crossroads. I love everything about it. It's awesome. I love it. And on, she's telling him all this and everything. And then he said, and then she invited me to Easter. And I said, see, you're getting surrounded Everybody's coming your direction. You're going to have to be here on Easter because everybody's coming around you to invite you. God's got your number. And, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, I believe that about everybody. See, I, I believe that no matter who you are today, that God, he, he sends out an invitation to you. And you, you can be like one of those people that just ignore it. But he's not going to stop. See, he's just going to keep on sending invitations and sending invitations. And you may say, well, you know, I'm so busy. I'm making money. I've got all this going on. And what's he do? What's the king do in this? What's amazing once again in this story, like the story that we had last week, is he just keeps on keeping on. He just keeps on inviting. He just keeps on bringing people in your path. All of a sudden, they're showing up at work. All of a sudden, they're inviting you. You're trying to do a business deal, and they start talking about church, and you start playing your radio, and all of a sudden, you're on, you're on ZPL. I was this week in some business area, and they were playing ZPL, and it was Lauren Daigle singing about God and Jesus, because God will never, 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 never give up inviting you into his kingdom. He never quits. He never, never gives up. And then we come to the final group. And this is my favorite group because it's the ones that are the accepted. The ones that said, yes, we'll come. But here's how this works. is Jesus sends this invitation. God sends this invitation. And he even sends it to the rejected you know, he's even given another chance. How many are glad God didn't give up on you on the first chance, right? How many, how many second chance people do we have in the house today, right? That uh, you didn't come on the first try, yeah, or maybe the second, third, even fourth try. But here's God's goal in this. He says, I want a full house. I don't want anybody to miss it. I've put too much into it. I, I've, I've given everything I could give for this. 
I, I, I'm having such a party. I'm having such a celebration. I don't want anyone to miss out. And so you get out there and you invite, get a hold of somebody and say that he's about to talk about you right now. Just say, he's about to come your way. All right, because he, he said, you go ahead and invite the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? You know, you just invite them all. Invite them all, and how many are glad all meant you, right? So it doesn't matter how bad you are. I mean, it doesn't matter how bad, how, how rejected, how many times you've said no, or whatever, where you've been does not matter to him. He wants you in his house, in his house. But here, here's the tricky part. Here's the tricky part. And this is what trips people up. And I had somebody come to me today. As a matter of fact, I had a couple of people come to me after first service and said, I never knew what that guy was. I just thought that was kind of weird in the story. Because the king comes in. The house is full. They say, we got him. Got him all in. And he says, hold on. Let me talk to somebody over here. And he says, dude, that's what he'd say today, right? <laughs> he didn't say it in there, but that's how I picture it. How'd you get in here? You don't have the right clothes on. And the guy didn't have anything to say. He, he didn't have an answer. And so he says, take this guy out. And, of course, this is where it becomes metaphorical about being cast out of the presence of God. This guy couldn't come in. But here's where, where I think this is, okay? Just asking me, how, what do I think about this? I think that what it was is back in that day, the king would provide clothes for people who didn't have clothes. If you're going to come to my house, if you're going to come to my party, if you're going to come, you're going to look right, all right? You're going to dress right, and I got a whole wardrobe over here. You just pick, Find something that fits and wear it. But this guy was too proud. I don't need the king's clothes. Say, I'm, I'm good enough. I, I, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> you know, I, I try to live good. I try to be good. I'm a good person. And on. I think I deserve to come in. See, there's a lot of people today that think, you know, hey, I'm a good person. You know, I, I, I've got a Bible somewhere, you know, I think it's on the coffee table, my grandma's, and, and, and you know, I, I haven't got a cross that hangs down on my car and, and on dangles around, and oh, people see that. I'm telling you, they see it. Sometimes they ask me about it, and I say, yep, I believe in Jesus. And I, I've got a tattoo about the cross, and I've got different, you know, I go to church as often as I can, and what, all these things. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Here's what that saying is. Is God's just blessed to have me? You see, I'm so good that I'm like next to God. And that's what that's saying to me, because when I look at you, I think, man, dude, I want to know you, because you're better than me. Because I've never felt like God's so lucky to have me. I've never felt like 
that he's so thankful that I'm on his team because it just got better. Because God used donkeys in the Bible and spoke through them. I could use another word for a donkey right now and talk a little about that, how he can use just about anything, all right? But I won't go there. So, so here's the deal. Here's the deal. Is God is a holy God. We sang about it earlier. Holy. He's so holy. He's so perfect. He's so amazing. He's the king of all ages. He, he's an incredible God. He created the universe. He created you and I. And, and so now as a creation of his Who am I to say that I'm next to God? And that, you know, let me tell you something. It takes perfection to be in God's presence. You have to be perfect. And so that's like everyday perfect. And my last check-in is pretty much any of us have never done that one day let alone our whole lifetime. And so what this is saying is, is your clothes are not enough to get you in. I appreciate you coming to church. I appreciate you lifting your hands. I appreciate you getting baptized. I appreciate you having a Bible. I appreciate it even more that you read it and and that you're growing and, and all these things. But I'm telling you, no amount of what you're doing gives you the ability to come into my presence. Instead, it's a gift. I'm giving it to you. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to earn it. I'm giving it out. And I'm saying, put this on you and it'll cover up all that ugly stuff. It'll cover up all the devil did. It'll cover up every mistake, every bad choice, every decision that you made in your life, every sin, come on, somebody can be covered by him. And that's what he's saying, I believe. I believe he's saying it, just just put, put it on, put it on. And today, if there's somebody here you think, ah, oh, if I get good enough, I'll get in there. You know, oh, friend, I wouldn't want to be in that situation where I'm put on a scale and, and God says, ah, oh, man, you were so close. <laughs> I don't want that. Instead, he says, you got to pass. Yeah, Jesus, 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 Jesus. It's all it takes. It's all it takes. It's all it takes. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today that all it takes is you. When you come in, (laughs) like we sang, that's when life begins. That's when it really gets going. And so, God, I pray today that we wouldn't just be excited that that we have this, but you want a full house. There's so many people that you want to yet reach.
and you want to use us to bring them along. Maybe you're here today and you say, Craig, I want God to use me at school or at work or at home or wherever it is in your life that you go. Maybe it's at the gym, wherever. But but what your prayer today is, God, help me to not be so preoccupied. Help me to not be so consumed with my kingdom that I forget about your kingdom and how you want your house full of all who will come and all who will respond. So maybe this week you want to do a little better job of that and you'd commit yourself to that along with me. Just raise your hand if that's you today. You say, God, use my hands, use my feet, use me, use me, Lord. Yeah, hands all over this room. Father in heaven, use us at school, at work, at home, at the gym, wherever else we go. God, I've had conversations with people at gas stations, all, all kinds of places. God, you can use us anywhere, anytime, any place. And God, here's our answer to you when you want to use us. Our answer is yes. Yes. Help us not to be so busy that we forget about the business of reaching people for you. Maybe you're here today, others of you. And we're not talking about somebody outside this room right now. We're talking about you. We're talking about you that maybe you're one of those folks that you stiff-armed God and you had your reasons, and I don't doubt that. And and, and they seemed legitimate at the time and all of that. Uh, And and you walked away or or whatever happened in your life, and and you you just said, you know, I'm just not going to go for that. I can't go for that. But today you realize that there is a God who is never, never, never going to stop inviting you and imploring you. And right now he's using my voice to cry out to you once again to come, come, come into his kingdom. And if you're here this morning and you want to stop running away from God and run to him and you want his forgiveness, his cleansing, you want his party, his kingdom to come into your life, it can start here now today. If you just raise your hand, I'm going to pray for you in a moment. How many are here? Yes, raising both hands up there. God bless you. A couple of people. All right, around the room. Okay, over here. God bless you. Down here. God bless you, guy. All right, so many people. All right, let's just pray this prayer. Uh, church family, pray this after me, especially giving encouragement to those who raise their hands to pray it. And, and let's just call on God right now. Just say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me as a sacrifice for my sin. I believe that his death paid it all. So I ask you to wash it all away. Wash away my past. Give me a new beginning. From this moment forward, as much as I know how, I surrender my life to you. Thank you for accepting me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, somebody.